Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Home Plate History, the podcast dedicated to baseball history. My name is Josh, and this is my sister. Hi, I'm Rachel. Since this is the first episode, I wanted to start it off with a bang, so I went searching for the worst baseball player to ever play the sport. Without further ado, this is John Peter Gochnauer. John was born in Altoona, Pennsylvania, home of the present-day Altoona Curve, AA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was born on September 12, 1875 to William and Marianne Gochnauer. William worked as a molder in a factory, and Mary worked as a seamstress. In total, his family would end up growing to 11 children. That seems like a lot for us today, but back then that was actually pretty average. (laughs) Back when you would have families with children, like 15 children? Yeah, like 12 was pretty standard. Well, I mean, granted, back then a lot of children were dying. Yeah, but not so much. It kind of got to a point where less kids were dying all the time, but they still were having a lot of them, so. Yeah. After his schooling, John worked as a laborer before playing professional baseball. He played cricket and baseball when he was a kid. In 1894, he joined the Crickets, the local baseball team that was sponsored by the Altoona Cricket Club as a shortstop, one of the many positions he would play in his professional career. He only played with that team for one season, though, moving over to the Hagerstown Lions in 1895. But he left before seeing any action with that team. After he left, he joined the Roanoke Magicians in the Class B Virginia League. He got cut from that team after 23 games, resulting in him returning to the Hagerstown Lions for the 1896 season. That season, the team would win 26 games and lose 12. Gochnauer himself that year played 39 games with 30 runs, 43 hits, 13 doubles, 1 triple, 1 home run, 4 stolen bases, which would all come to a total of 61 bases. That season was probably one of the best he would have in his career. That year, the team also folded due to the league disbanding on August 11th, causing him to move. Funny enough, the Portsmouth Browns signed him. The Portsmouth Browns were in the same league as Roanoke, the team that would cut him. He would play 29 games with them, and the team would finish fourth out of the six teams that year. In the Virginia League, he batted 290, and he played more second base there than he would shortstop. He would once again move to play with another team. 1897 marks the year that he joined the Brockton Shoemakers. That's a terrible team name. (laughs) That's a terrible team name. (laughs) Well, you know. It's not even. They they make shoes. But it's like, because it's, most teams, it's like cool animals or even like well, historical groups, right? Yeah, you have like the, the Bro- uh, you have the Roanoke Magicians and the Hagerstown Lions and then the Brockton Shoemakers. Yeah, some of those are much better than others. <laughs> I feel like a lot of minor league teams, like, especially now, I feel like a lot of minor league teams have just the weirdest names and stuff like that. Well, like, I get that it's like based on where the team plays. But at the same time, you couldn't I mean, pick anything better. Montgomery Biscuits? Yeah, exactly. But, you know. Hart- Hartford yeah. Yard Goats? The yard I mean, Goats? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my. Well, Hartford Yargoats. An animal. Yargoats. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. I mean, That's all. New Orleans, New Orleans minor league team. Before they left, they were called the New Orleans Baby Cakes. <laughs> that just sounds like just... a really bad pickup line. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> so the Brockton Shoemakers were based in Brockton, Massachusetts, and they played in the Class B New England League. His first time playing with the team was at an exhibition game where the team played Harvard's collegiate team. Harvard would end up on top with the college winning 7-5. to A professional baseball team lost to a college 7-5. to Gochnauer was great defensively that game, but on the plate he struggled hard. He would go hitless the entire game. Two days later, Brockton played another exhibition game, this time against the Cuban ex-Giants. Brockton would have great luck that time around, with the team winning 16-11. Gochnauer got three hits and a walk, a great step up from his hitting just two days before against Harvard. Finally, it was time for the regular season. Having played already with Brockton, Gochnauer was more accustomed to the team. Gochnauer played as a utility man for the team, playing shortstop, second base, third base, and outfield. On May 5th, the team played Taunton, and while in the outfield, he made an amazing fence-climbing play in the ninth inning, catching the ball and making an absolute rocket of a throw to first base to complete a double play. That double play resulted in Brockton keeping their 2-1 lead and winning the game. He played 91 games that season with 299 at-bats, 63 runs, 66 hits, 16 doubles, 2 triples, 2 home runs, resulting in 92 total bases with a team-low batting average of .221 for players with 100 at-bats or more. The team would finish in a tie with Newport, but they chose not to do playoffs, so they would end up being co-league champions, thanks in part to John Gochnauer. The team would choose to reserve Gochnauer for the next season. When the 1898 season rolled around, only a third of the championship roster returned, and Gochnauer got the job at second base. The weather in the beginning of the season was not friendly, resulting in the schedule getting jumbled. The weather was not all that was a problem, though, because America was at war. The Spanish-American War had started, and things were heating up. Because of the war, fans' interest in the team dwindled, and eventually the league was forced to quit just after the 4th of July. Brockton had started the season 23-7, and but by the time the league folded, they were at 32-16. and 16. That short season, Gochnauer played 50 games, all of which were at second base. He had 175 plate appearances, with 33 runs, 41 hits, 11 doubles, 2 triples, a career-high 6 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 74 bases all in all, and he hit 234. Of course, because of that shortened season, Brockton would end up being the league champions for the second time in a row. It seemed like Gochnauer was bad luck. Every team he was on, the league would collapse, but his bad luck would not stop. On July 26th, just 22 days since the collapse of his previous league, he debuted on second base with his new team, the Rome Romans. Amazing name. A little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, then again, yeah. there are the New York Yankees. 
Yeah. So it's kind of just a cheaper version of that. (laughs) The Romans were based in Rome, New York. Imagine that. Close to where my dad would grow up. You know, they could have been the senators. If you're going to go with a Rome theme, you could have picked centurions. But no. Yeah, but I mean... Rome. Rome, the Rome Romans, that that has a ring to it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the, the Rome sure. Romans played in the New York... <laughs> the, Rome, <laughs> the, the Rome Romans played in the New York State League. He befriended and soon became a keystone mate with shortstop Harry Fisher, who was also from Altoona, Pennsylvania. After playing a couple of weeks, the two swapped positions, with Harry Fisher going to second and Glockner going to shortstop. That season, the Romans finished last because of their horrible name. <laughs> Glockner played 41 games and batted 237. I was not able to get any further data on that season for him. I apologize. I tried for a long time, for like two hours, and could not find anything. I'm a failure. Yes, you are. He left that team after that season, not because of the league folding, surprisingly, knowing his luck, but for other unknown reasons. In 1899, he went to the Patterson Giants, based in Patterson, New Jersey. They played in the Class A Atlantic League. In that season, he had what was most likely the best game of his career. In the first inning, in a game against Scranton Miners, the Giants scored 11 runs that eventually led to a 20-2 win. In that game, Gochnauer played 10 chances cleanly on second base, and he assisted on two double plays. On the plate, he got two doubles and slapped an inside-the-park home run. The league the Giants were in was struggling financially, and the Giants were sadly one of the first teams to fold, continuing Gochnauer's bad luck streak. The Giants' horrible record of 22-50 definitely did not uh, help with the uh, case to keep them there. I guess my question is, if everything kept folding, why didn't he go and get, like, a normal job, not baseball? Well, well, he, he did a- actually have normal jobs in between the different seasons. Uh, he he worked as a rail worker. Yeah, but, like, he just kept trying baseball. <laughs> and clearly <laughs> it wasn't working out for him. I mean... Right? I, I mean, at that time, the players were not paid very well, and so everyone had their separate jobs, but uh, yeah. with his luck. Yeah, I, mean, I just feel like, I mean, if I, even if I love a sport, like, as my hobby, if I sucked that bad, why would I want to keep doing it? <laughs> Give up Especially on your when dreams. I'm just, just dragging everyone down <laughs> with me. Yeah, that's... <laughs> And, and I mean, he, the thing with him is that he would play really well in a game, and then the next game he would do absolutely horrible and just tank. Hmm. So was it good luck sometimes, or bad luck sometimes? Yeah. That, or he just sucked. Grocknauer <laughs> <laughs> played 60 games, with 43 at second, 17 at third, and 1 at shortstop. In his 60 games, he had 24 runs, 50 hits, 7 doubles, 2 triples, 2 home runs, 8 stolen bases, with a batting average of 230. 
In 1900, a newspaper had put the roster of the Virginia Phenoms in it, and on the roster, Gochnauer was listed. Interestingly enough, that roster also had a pitcher named Christy Mathieson on it. He, of course, would go on to have a great career in the majors and make the Hall of Fame. We'll probably do an episode on him eventually. But for some reason, Gochnauer never showed up in Virginia, and instead, he signed with a team in Dayton, Ohio. There's a slight problem, though in that Dayton had to appeal for a ruling for his status because of the two-team confusion. But on April 17th, Gochnauer got the job with Dayton, and the team's name was the Dayton Veterans, which isn't as bad compared to the Brockton Shoemakers. Trash. Who play, and the Dayton Veterans would play in the Class B Interstate League. Gochnauer would end up playing two seasons with Dayton, probably the longest time he would ever play for one team. Besides the two seasons with Brockton. In 1900, they were able to win the pennant with help from a 16-game winning streak. In 1900, they were able to win the pennant with help from a 16-game winning streak. That season, Gochnauer had 510 at-bats with 70 runs, 142 hits, 28 doubles, 6 triples, 1 home run, 15 stolen bases that would all add up to a total of 185 bases. That season, he batted 278. That season, he played shortstop, and two pitchers on that team would end up playing in the major leagues, Earl Moore and Bob Wicker. He did not have the best bat of the team. That title would go to Jiggs Donahue. Amazing first name. He batted yep. 333. Jiggs. Yep. <laughs> Before the next season could start, the team owner, William R. Moore, moved the team over to a different league the Western Association. He also changed the name from the veterans, get this, to the Old Soldiers. The The Dayton Old Soldiers. Yeah, that's bad. Bad. And... (laughs) Oh my gosh. So bad. (laughs) Gochnauer, Wicker, and Ed Wheeler, who played third base, Bade Myers, who played first base, first base Bade, and the outfielder, Al Miller, were the only ones who stayed with the team after the move. This change didn't stop the team, and they would eventually take the league title. Funny enough, the fans didn't stop, after the name change, the fans didn't stop calling them the veterans, because, I mean, who would want to call them the old soldiers? That's that's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> the Dayton Old Soldiers. Gochnauer had some punch in him, with 501 at-bats, he had 131 hits, 29 doubles, 14 triples, 2 home runs, adding to a total of 194 bases. He would end up batting 261 for that season. The batting wasn't all that was good, though, because he played very impressively in the field as well. September 24th, the Brooklyn Superbass made an announcement that they had signed six players from the Western League they touted were the best in the league. Among the six were Addie Joss from Toledo, Ed Wheeler from Dayton, Gene Wright, a pitcher from Dayton, and, of course, John Gochnauer. The Brooklyn Superbass would eventually turn into the Brooklyn Dodgers and then eventually move to Los Angeles and become the Los Angeles Dodgers. Gochnauer and Ed would play for Brooklyn in in the latter parts of that season, while Wheeler didn't make the roster until the next season. Armour was pissed about the signing of the Dayton players, and he said that Charles Ebbets, the man that Ebbets Field was named after, was horrible in the contract with the players. Of course, Armour was going to be the manager for Cleveland's Major League team the next year, and he wanted the guys from Dayton to go with him, 
not to Brooklyn. Gochnauer was put in the lineup as a shortstop, and the player who was normally shortstop moved to third base to accommodate the rookie. His first game with Brooklyn would be in Chicago on September 29th. He hit two singles and stole a base. The team would win 4-1. Brooklyn finished the season on October 5th in a doubleheader against New York. In the first game, he was 2-4 for four and Brooklyn won that game 8 to nothing. The next game in the doubleheader, he went hitless, but over those three games, he played extremely well defensively. He, uh, and in those three games he played for Brooklyn, he had 11 at-bats with one run, four hits, and a batting average of three sixty-four. He only played those three games for Brooklyn. Three games. That's, yeah. I mean, he just sucked, so it was probably better. <laughs> I, th- I think he only played three games. Yeah, um, let's see. Yep, three games. He played three games. Well, considering that he was poisoned, that's probably for the better. (laughs) After the season, he would go back home to Altoona, and he played with the Altoona Monarchs in an exhibition game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he would get a couple of hits in that game. Over the course of a few weeks, he played with many teams in Pennsylvania and visited friends in Dayton, Ohio. Now that Armour was in Cleveland, he wanted badly to get Gochnauer and Wright out of Brooklyn. What's really funny is that in order to get them over there, he hired both of them as workers at an ice skating rink that he owned. <laughs> he got them to join him. You suck him at this job, so I'm going to give you a workers at an ice skating rink. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Not... Uh, un- Unsurprisingly, the ice skating rink venture failed, and Armour convinced the two to go to New Orleans until spring training started. Armour ended up being successful in that he signed not only both of them, but he also signed Addy Jaws, who played in Toledo. After a bad start to that season, after the spring training, the team finished fifth. Cleveland had started that season in St. Louis, and Gochnauer had had six hits in the first three games. That trip was 12 games long, and when they returned home, Gochnauer was batting below 250. Gochnauer played 127 games in 1902, and he had 459 at-bats, 45 runs, 85 hits, 16 doubles, 4 triples, 7 stolen bases, leading to 109 total bases. He batted 185 that season. In May, he injured his back, so he tried sitting out a few games, but it didn't help him. And he went home to heal for a few days before Cleveland went on an Eastern tour playing a bunch of different teams. He joined them on May 21st and played an exhibition game against his home team in Altoona, and Altoona won 9-7. Gonknauer went back to healing for a few days before he fully rejoined Cleveland in a game against Washington. By the time mid-June rolled around, he was batting 200. It's reported that him and Addy Joss tried out left-handed hitting from June 12th to the 17th to see if it would help their case. and he would end up having five hits in those games. The next season, Cleveland was in New Orleans for spring training. Once spring training was over, they played a few games against the Indianapolis Hoosiers and Columbus Senators before they started the season in Detroit. Gochnauer played horribly in these exhibition games, but once the season started, he went hot. In the first two games of the season, he hit two doubles, and he was second on the team in batting, with a batting average of three seventy-five. That batting average of 375 appeared when the stats released in May of that season, but 
By May 25th, he dropped down to 271. He was second in the team and league with six six sacrifice plays. By the next month, he was at 231, and it seemed that as the season went on, his average would just keep dropping. But batting wasn't the only thing, and by July 4th, he was last in the league with a fielding percentage of 860, which was not good. The team good. finished third, and Gochnauer. <laughs> the team finished third, and Gochnauer did not look great. In 438 at bats, he had 81 hits, 16 doubles, four triples, no home runs, 10 stolen bases, 105 bases in total. After that season, they played exhibition games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, Gochnauer's horrible fielding made headlines, proving that he was no longer a favorite among the media and the fans. After two games in the nine-game series, he was benched, and Nap Lajoie took his place. Another great name. It seemed as if his decline was because he was never in good shape. <laughs> the local press <laughs> said success was too much for him. His fielding fell till it was on par with, with his hitting, which was never anything to brag about. The man just could not stay fit. If he stayed fit, who knows? He probably would have been able to stay longer. But he just didn't want to stay fit. Team management tried to make a deal or a sale for Gochnauer, but it was clear no one wanted him. I wonder why. The team would end up giving up, and eventually they just released him. They let him go. In February, he signed with San Francisco. He spent 1904 with both Altoona's team and San Francisco's team. In 1905, he went back to San Francisco and played 250 games with them, and he hit an absolutely horrible 156. The next year, he split time with San Francisco and the LA Angels, no affiliation to the modern-day Angels. With 156 games played, he hit 199. The three seasons combined had him hitting 172, which was horrible. In 1907, the Des Moines champs of the Class A Western League signed him, and he went hitless in his debut, and he had two errors. He got injured and had to sit out the middle of May, and that started a Des Moines losing streak. That losing streak would end up uh, taking Des Moines out of the lead, and when he came back, when Gochnauer came back, he was heated up, and by the middle of July, he batted 258 and stayed around there for the rest of the season. He finished fourth in the team for hitting. Uh, with players with 200 or more at-bats. The team would finish third, and he was absolutely dreadful in fielding with 72 errors. Mm. 72 errors. But dude, Probably because he couldn't run because he was so damn unfit. <laughs> <laughs> Those 72 errors would help his fielding percentage go to 886. The man sucked. Yeah. John would stay in Des Moines until fall when he returned to Altoona. That spring, he started umpiring in the Class B Tri-State League. Now, <laughs> When you can't run, you take the squatting. Exactly. When you can't... When you can't <laughs> no, umpires don't usually need to be super fit. I mean, look at Joe West. My God. Um, <laughs> the man... Is yeah, just something. roast him, Joshua. Roast him. Oh, he's no, no one likes him. <laughs> no one likes him. No one, uh, absolutely no one. <laughs> so, 
He would spend five years umpiring in the Class B Tri-State League, and by the time he left, people said that he was the best umpire in the league. So he's horrible at playing, but pretty good at umpiring. He was allegedly hired for the International League, but we don't know if that if he ever worked there due to a lack of information. In 1913, he umped in the Altoona City League, and he later worked in the Pennsylvania System League. In September 1929, Gochnauer was suffering from a heavy cold. He was sent to the hospital where he slipped into a coma, and two days later, he died. On September wow. 27th of bronchial pneumonia and cardiac arrest. His body is laid at the Fairview Cemetery in Altoona, Pennsylvania. That ends the amazing legacy of John Gochnauer, the worst man to ever play baseball. That feels harsh right after you talk about his death. No. What? No. He, he is widely regarded as the worst player ever. I mean, the wow. man. How, how many? 72 errors in one season. The man yeah. wasn't good. No, he wasn't. And, and I mean, maybe some of the maybe another reason why he's touted as the worst baseball player was because he never spent more than two seasons with the team. Uh, like it, almost every team that he would play, the league would end up folding. Yeah, cursed. He uh, was cursed. Yeah, yeah. The man is something. <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for listening to the first episode of Home Plate History. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you learned something new about the history of this great sport. I would also like to thank the Society for American Baseball Research. Without them, this would not be possible, as I got most of my information from them. Also, a thanks to Stats Crew and Baseball Reference for the rosters and stats. If you want to see more about John Gochnauer, then you can check out the websites of everyone I've mentioned. Until the next episode, this has been Josh and Rachel. <laughs> and this has been Home Plate History.